0: A mosaic of the Apostle Paul, Ravenna, Italy, 5th century C.E. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, so that through my being with you again your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. New International Version. So, what do you think leads to disunity in any group, whether in a church or elsewhere? Yes, unfortunately, there are many things which can divide a group of people. Chances are that discord comes from a lack of listening and love. And behind that lack is a spirit that desires attention and accolades. In other words, there cannot be unity whenever everyone wants to take credit for what's good and blame others for what's bad the Apostle Paul, writer of the letter to the Philippian church, had a humble self-effacing approach to ministry. Paul knew exactly what was important to him in the advancement of the church, namely, that Jesus Christ is proclaimed, that the good news of grace and forgiveness in Christ is given to people. Greater than the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. Greater than. Greater than Mark Twain. And so, for Paul, his purpose was crystal clear. Although he really didn't like bad attitudes and impure motives, if the message of Christ was preached, that was of utmost significance. It didn't matter to him if people took credit for his work, or not. Not a lot of people can say that. The apostle focused on himself. Ultimately, we cannot control anyone, we can only practice self control. And that is exactly what Paul did. Notice that in today's New Testament lesson, Paul expressed his own desire to live a life of hope, courage, and selfless ministry. He understood that all the troubles he had experienced up to this point, would likely keep happening in this earthly life. Paul could have started a new apostles retirement community, stepped out of the fray, and simply studied Torah all day. It's probably what he really wanted to do. But Paul knew better. He knew it was better for all the churches he planted that he keep laboring on their behalf. Even though Paul was ready to die and be with his Savior forever, he wasn't going to grab control that wasn't his. Someday he would die, or Christ will return before that time. Until then, he was going to do his darndest to ensure the gospel of Jesus is spread far and wide. A spiritually healthy believer in Jesus both longs for heaven and Christ, and also puts their head down and faithfully plugs away with listening to others and loving them to Jesus with gracious words of forgiveness and merciful acts of kindness. I imagine when Paul wrote this letter, he was downright tired. I can relate. Laboring day after day as a hospital chaplain and a church pastor often leaves me with little rest and carrying the emotional burdens of both places. There are so many people who need basic human kindness, common decency, and focused encouragement. And they don't get it because there are far too many people far too absorbed in maintaining mastery of their very small worlds. Greater than the unexamined life is not worth living. Greater than. Greater than Socrates. There are days I'd like nothing more than retreat to the northwoods of Wisconsin, read and write in a small cabin, and catch fresh walleye for my supper. Maybe that will happen someday, but not today. Today is all we have. Today is the day of salvation. There will not always be today. Christ is coming. Then it will be tomorrow. And tomorrow is too late for too many people. So, I continue, working with all the energy, or lack thereof, which the good Lord gives me. After all, we are not God. Everyone on this planet has only a finite amount of energy and life. The question then becomes, how will you spend your energy and your finite resources? I suggest we take our cues from good old Apostle Paul and not bad old Jacob Marley, who didn't hit the picture until it was too late. I'd rather live right, die well, and enjoy eternity, instead of living like a peacock, dying kicking and screaming, and having a miserable eternity. In this Advent season, we have the opportunity to focus on what's most important, then live with those priorities in the next year. May it be so, to the glory of God.